Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share good news and godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. Listen as Doug shares how we can daily be reminded of the true reason for the season. The author of the book, Luke, was a physician, and he starts off the book with a dedication to Theophilus, which means friend of God or beloved of God. Luke, like a family doctor, carefully and orderly laid out the birth, ancestry, and early ministry of Christ, along with the opposition of following the Lord. Those who say they are believers are challenged and called to count the cost of being a disciple or follower of Christ. After the episode, consider leaving a review and follow us on your favorite streaming service. If you've gleaned anything from this podcast, consider paying it forward with a gift at somebodycares.org. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. I believe that we're in a very critical juncture in time, or in other words, a kairos moment in the world in which we live, and especially in the church, because I think it's very important to recognize the spiritual context of the battle that rages in the seen and unseen realm. I won't get into all these details because I want to keep it brief today to really focus on God's word and prayer, even as we're entering the Advent season in preparation for Christmas now, I know many people don't believe that Christmas is December 25th. I get that. I'm not sure the exact date of Jesus' birth. But I know we all agree, especially as believers, that Jesus was born. And because of his high cost of love displayed on the cross of Calvary, the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection, that we have a promise of life and life more abundantly. He is our Savior, our Healer, our Liberator, our Deliverer, our Freedom Giver. So in the world in which we're living right now, with so many conflicting messages, so much insecurity and instability, I believe it's important for us to keep our eyes fixed on God and His Word and to find our hope and our peace that surpasses human comprehension to rule in our hearts. We need that more than ever right now. And I really believe that we're coming into this season. And when I say season, I'm not talking about winter, spring, summer, or fall. Because when we look at Scripture in the original Hebrew, and we look throughout Scripture, seasons isn't necessarily talking about the seasons of the year. It's talking about moments or divine providential seasons of God. I believe we're coming into a season in which the battles rage between light and darkness will be greater than ever. But at the same time, we are to be a light in the midst of that darkness. As I've shared in the past, we're to be a lighthouse in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the fog, in the midst of the storms of life, the darkness. We need to be a light in a world that desperately needs direction. From time to time, I go back over articles that I've written over the years so that I can draw from some landlays or some landmarks and things that God has been speaking, kind of like threading through some common themes that God has been trying to speak to me personally and also to those that I'm related to as well as to the body of Christ. One of those articles I wrote a few years ago was called, The King is Summoning His Bride. The Bridegroom is Returning. Now, none of us know the exact day or time or hour but we know seasons. We, we see things happening in the mulberry bushes. It's being shaken, so to speak. We see the dust that's before us, and we see the battles that rage. We see the uncertainties and the insecurities and the stresses all around us. So one of the things I extrapolated from that particular article was, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And that we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially to those who are of the household of faith. That's Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. So in studying scripture, we see two Greek words for time. 
Kronos, which is measurable, and Kairos, which is an appointed time, an opportune moment, or in due season. I believe we're in a Kairos moment, and God is calling us to seize this opportunity in time to be a witness to those around us. We must go and do likewise to our neighbor, Luke 10, 37, and let the world see there's something different about us, the church. We are not called to respond according to the flesh, but we are a people who know how to be summoned by the king and should draw near to his presence so that God can move in us and through us. In fact, something that I wrote on leadership and reposted not too long ago, when I say leader, I'm talking about the success of a leader, we're all called to lead or to lead people in a certain direction, especially those of us who call upon the name of the Lord. We are called to be a light that directs people to the light himself, to the hope of glory Christ in us. So I wrote down the success of a leader is not just what we see on a platform, but by the unseen places where burdens are carried and dreams and visions are formed, causing restless and sometimes sleepless nights for the ones they are called to serve. When I wrote that, I was even thinking about the movie that was done many years ago called Sleepless in Seattle. When I think of my own life and all my own imperfections and the frailties of my humanity, seeing the flaws in my own life, but also in the lives of so many other people, it's easy to become restless. It's easy to become wounded, even bitter. One friend of mine reminded me that we can become better or bitter. I don't want to be bitter. I want to be a man who grows better in the Lord. I want to be an example for Christ that even in my imperfection, that I can still serve a perfect God who is doing a work of perfection or perfecting his work in me so I can be an example to others even in my human frailty. So regardless of what we may feel at times about ourselves or others, we're all called to love God and the people he's called us to serve. I believe we are definitely in one of those times or seasons or kairos moments that we who may not feel up to it or may not feel most equipped or qualified or even 100% at times, we must press in and press through by pressing into the Lord because there are so many in the valley of decision that desperately need to find hope. There are so many, as I've written about in the past, that are shipwrecked in the sea of despair, even the sea of death, and we've got to get back out of the place of apathy and sitting on the beach of apathy and comfort and recognize it's our moment, it's our season, it's our Kairos moment to be an example to others and to rescue the perishing, rescue the hurting, rescuing those who find no hope because there is a hope and that hope still is in Christ Jesus, the hope of glory, Christ in us. We need to preach the word, be in season and out of season. And you know, the word says very clearly in the book of Luke that we are to preach the kingdom we're also to preach the gospel and bring healing everywhere we go. The Amplified Bible says this about preaching the word and being in season and out of season. It says, keep your sense of urgency, be at hand and ready, whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it be welcome or unwelcome. In other words, to be instant means to be at hand, to stand firm, to be prepared, ready, keeping your sense of urgency. Notice that to be instant in and out of season may not always be favorable. It may not always be convenient or even welcomed. I think about this when Leonard Ravenhill wrote to me in this scribbled note to me, a handwritten note, and it says, let others live on the raw edge or the cutting edge. You and I should be on, live on the edge of eternity so that we keep a sense of urgency that the balance of eternity is right before us. And in light of eternity, 
What are we doing? How are we representing Christ, even in our human frailty, even in our personal failures, or even where we feel like we're not equipped enough, that we're not qualified enough? That's not what God's asking of us. He's asking us to be available and walk in simple obedience, which is the highest form of worship to God. There are so many that need what you and I have. I'm reminded of the Proverbs that says that to the satisfied soul, they take for granted the honeycomb. But to the hungry soul, even the bitter things are sweet. You see, we may not have everything we think we need. We may not be able to give and articulate everything we need to do. But I do know this, that we have a lot more than those who don't have Christ. So we who think we don't have enough to offer, take what you have. Take the fishes and loaves that God has provided to you. Offer in thanksgiving to God and watch him multiply and give you more than enough. Not because It's not because of you or because of me. It's because of our willingness to be yielded to God and to love people by serving them. As you know, my saying that I've coined over the years, while men reach for thrones to build their own kingdoms, Jesus reached for a towel to wash men's feet. Or how we tend to reach for exalted and high places. And yet the Lord himself, the exalted one, left his highest place to pursue us. What a contrast to where things are in this world today. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16 through 18, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, well, I've been entrusted with the stewardship. I know for me, oftentimes, I have to think about it and say, look, there is nothing that satisfies the longing of my soul more than being in the will of God. So I might as well not be grudging about my giving of my time, talent, and resources, but I should do so with a joyful and cheerful heart. Yes, we make certain sacrifices, but nothing compared to what the Lord has done in giving himself as a perfect sacrifice for us. So I may not always feel emotionally up to it, qualified, or even fully equipped, but I yet draw from the well that never runs dry because it comes from a water source that never ceases. It flows from the rivers of God, the mercy seat of God, the throne of grace of God, and it flows in and through us. I realize I'll never be good enough. I'll never be equipped enough. I'll never have enough. But if I yield myself willingly and cheerfully, not begrudgingly, to the Lordship of Christ in my life, that he will help me to become the man I need to be, to be the leader I need to be, to be an ambassador for Christ, a champion for Christ that the world needs and I need to be. And I want others to encourage them that they too can be all that God's called them to be. Let me conclude today's podcast with an encouragement to join with us in going through the book of Luke. I was looking at some graphics the other day and someone encouraged and challenged and I thought, that's a great idea. They said there are 24 chapters in the book of Luke. On the beginning of December, December 1, if you'd read one chapter a day for 24 days, you would conclude on Christmas Eve day. So 24 chapters, and before you enter into Christmas, you would have read all about what Christmas is all about, the reason for the season. And I've been doing that, actually, and this podcast comes out on December the 4th, so I'll be on day 4. I would encourage you to go back and start reading chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, and then join in every day by reading a chapter of Luke and concluding on Christmas Eve. And take time to pray the scriptures that God maybe has spoken to you throughout that time of reading. But what intrigued me is this, is that the book of Luke is actually written by a doctor. I like what my Bible commentary actually says about Luke. It says, Luke, a physician, writes with the compassion and warmth of a family doctor. 
as he carefully documents the perfect humanity of the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. Luke emphasizes Jesus' ancestry, birth, and early life before moving carefully and chronologically through his earthly ministry. I love the way that he weaves this in because Luke, a physician, like a family doctor, just imagine if you were a doctor or when you go to your family doctor who's trying to find out and identify different areas of your ailments and struggles and that he wants to lead you through this process of understanding what you're going through and how to find your healing. And so the whole book of Luke really is a great picture from the optics or the perception of a physician. And of course, many commentators also believe that the book of Luke and the book of Acts was actually written as one piece, and but we see it in our scriptures as two books. Regardless if it was two books or one book, the point is this, that Luke, being a physician, writes from his experience and how he perceives and sees the storyline of Jesus' birth, journey, and how people responded to him, his death, burial, resurrection, and the hope of the coming outpouring of the Holy Spirit as they began to tarry in the upper room in the book of Acts, and the Holy Spirit comes on Pentecost. Throughout the book of Luke, you can also see how a physician would think and how he lays it all out. He even addresses the growing belief and the growing opposition that developed side by side. Those who believe are challenged to count the cost of discipleship, and yet those who oppose will never be satisfied until the Son of Man hangs lifeless on the cross. And yet the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus ensures and that gives us the promise of God's purpose that it would be fulfilled through Christ. In fact, it says in Luke 19, 10, to seek and to save that which is lost. There are so many that are lost in pain, lost in the sea of, of struggle, lost in the sea of despair, lost in confusion in the world today. And yet the Lord is longing to draw them to the lighthouse of his presence, draw them to himself so that they can find direction and hope in this foggy, stormy world in which we live. Interestingly, the whole book of Luke is dedicated in the beginning first few verses to Theophilus. It's sort of like this. I've written a few books and I always have a dedication piece. I have a forward, I have a foreword, I have a uh, introduction chapter, and I also have a dedication place where I dedicate my books or writings to different people. Well, the same here. It's like Luke, the physician, is dedicating this whole writing in the book of Luke to Theophilus. He says, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account. Now it sounds like a doctor. An orderly account, a scientific account. Most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Now according to some commentary, Theophilus is the name of an honorary title of the person to whom Luke dedicates the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. He's addressed in Luke 1.3 and Acts chapter 1 verse 1. Although the true identity of Theophilus is unknown to most and many different commentaries say different things, but here's the thing I observe. Theophilus also means friend of God or to be loved by God or the loving God. So when I think about the introduction of the book of Luke and the book of Acts by Luke the physician, 
He's dedicating this writing and saying, friend of God, and may I even say to all of us, friends of God, let's listen to what Luke is saying to us. Let's look back through the scriptures and look at the beautiful storyline the Holy Spirit is providing for us. Would you join with me and so many others around the world right now, reading a chapter of day of the book of Luke on each day of December, and then on the 24th of December, conclude on the 24th chapter and going into December 25th. What a great way for many of us to be in the same mindset, the same focus, the same scripture reading, as well as the rest of the scriptures that we might be reading on our own personal plan. But it wouldn't be great to have thousands upon thousands focused on the same scriptures, reading those scriptures, and getting a renewed revelation of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. Let's do so through the eyes and the optics of Dr. Luke from the physician. So the dedication is to the friend of God. We are the friends of God. God wants us to walk in that place of intimacy and relationship with him so we would have that renewed revelation of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection so that we can be lighthouses in the storms and the fog and the misguided direction of the world in which we live. In conclusion, I was thinking about, sometimes I used to go to Colorado Springs over the years and there was a group of pastors when we got together. We'd go work out early in the morning at a gym called Sozo Gym. In fact, I still have the baseball hat says Sozo on it that I wear when I go to the gym now. And Sozo just means to be saved or to save, to be made whole, to be healed, to preserved, to be well. It's the wellness, it's the wholeness of God. In other words, to walk in the fullness of the Godhead bodily, to walk in the fullness of what God has done for us and provided for us is to walk in salvation and healing and liberation and deliverance and freedom. One of my prayers every morning is, God, I thank you that you're my healer spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally, in every way. And that's what the Lord wants for us. And that's why I love and am intrigued by Luke and the book of Acts, because it's written, or the author of this, is through the optics of Dr. Luke, the physician. And so I see how he laid these things out almost in a pattern of order and organization to give us an understanding of the revelation of who Christ really is and who Christ is in us and should be through us. So my friends, friends of God, let us walk in the sozo of God, the wholeness, the wellness, the healing, the salvation, the liberation, the freedom of God, that he would be our healer spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, relation in every way, so that we can walk in the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and that in us and through us, God can move powerfully, because as rivers of living water come from the throne of grace, the mercy seat of God, that bring healing everywhere it goes, in us and through us. Let's become better, not bitter. Let us fix our gaze. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let us fix our gaze on the brightness of the S-O-N. Rise above the storms. Rise above the clouds and find our hope in the Lord because it's in Him that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. There's nothing too difficult for Him. And regardless of the things we've been through, regardless of our past, regardless of the things that we might have experienced, that today the Lord wants to do a work in us that we can walk into our future and a future of good and not of evil. And there's a whole lot of people that have been disappointed disillusioned, distracted, but it's a time when we need to help people be encouraged to cross into their place of promise, in the place that God has already called them to, and not 
live in the place of despair, not live in the place of, of mediocrity, not live in the place of apathy or compromise, but live in that place of saying with expectation, with deeper consecration in the Lord, higher expectation in the Lord to walk beyond the storms of this life, to walk past these things that keep us hindered when God has so much more for all of us. So my friends, if you will, join thousands of us going through the book of Luke December 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, all the way through December 24th. And you'll find that God will speak to you in very prophetic ways through his word. His word, character, nature, and spirit will come alive. I know for me already, as this is day four when this recording comes out, this podcast, it's already in the first four days have already ministered deeply to me. And many things reminded me of things I've already read, the things the Lord has already done. But it's really good to be reminded. It's expedient for us to be reminded of the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I want to encourage you today. There's nothing too difficult for the Lord. As Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask, think, or even imagine, according to the power of God that works in us and works in you. So I encourage you, join with us. Join with thousands praying through the book of Luke. And I pray you have a great Christmas celebration season. And remember this. Jesus is the reason for the season, not just the season of the time of year, but these divine providential moments that I believe God is bringing us into and going to take us through so that more and more can come to know who he is because they see him in you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805 805- 422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.